If you like baseball, then this is your show. Noah and Brian and Adam will host. Trashing on the umps and making hot takes. We love Joe Panic because he rakes. Yeah! It's non-stop baseball podcast. It's non-stop baseball What is up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 80 of the Nonstop Baseball Podcast. 80 whole episodes. There's a lot of episodes. All back, as you heard. I am joined by Brian and Adam today. I, of course, am Noah. Uh, we'll start with uh, old Brian. <laughs> Are you no, doing? I'm doing great, man. It's the off season. The Raiders <laughs> are currently not completely losing oh uh i didn't yeah. realize that so just wonderful they're just right. kind of losing i'll be even better when the giants sign Aaron judge sure bud indeed you will adam how's it going for you uh not too bad been better but uh you know is what it is these what it is yes world cup just started qatar lost we'd love to see good it. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> adore to see it um but yeah and then by the time you're listening to this some other games will have taken place uh u.s playing uh you know on monday as well that's going to be exciting it's gonna be fun gonna be know, honest for, free agents. forgot the u.s know. was even there <laughs> you must not watch uh much tv then because they are shoving it down our throats that, i don't watch i don't there. watch any tv yeah figured okay uh, Gio reina is about to take over this tournament let's go. sure let's go but <laughs> but we've got baseball to talk about we do indeed have some baseball to talk about hot we, stove we we starting with the <laughs> We starting with the biggest news, the stuff that hit like immediately once everything happened. Like right this happened like the day after we recorded this happened Monday, right? Yeah. What? The Toronto Blue Jays and Seattle Mariners make the first I think this was the first trade of the offseason. Um well there was a ton of small trades. Yeah, the like forty man decisions. Oh, sure, sure, sure. This first is the first. Trade. This is the first trade of like twenty five man roster. Important names got moved. Um, yes, Blue Jays are sending the Seattle Mariners outfielder Teoscar Hernandez, All Star outfielder, and Silver Slugger Teoscar Hernandez. Um, Jays will get back uh, a couple of pitchers, a bullpen arm in Eric Swanson, and a. Prospect Adam Mako. Um, kind of a, a trade that initially, and maybe even after a little analysis, is kind of rough for the Jays. Um, I think there's a lot of ways to look at it. There though, because is. What this tells me is that like he wasn't a part of their plans next season. Like I think the Jays, from an outsider looking in, I think the Jays are looking to make their lineup less one-dimensional in the sense of all being right-handed yeah so they might be trying to switch it up 
trying to, I think they're really going to go hard after a left-handed outfielder, whether that's someone like Brandon Nimmo or yep. maybe another cheaper option. They definitely are going to be in the market for a left-handed outfielder. Yeah, could totally see it. Um, I know the, the biggest thing that it looked like to me, at least, is this is a sort of salary and control dump more than anything else. Teoscar will be on his the last year of his contract in Seattle. So the Jays only had one more year of control of him, and then they would have had to they would have had to pay him a pretty good amount of money, probably. Um they'll have Eric Swanson under control for three years. And the Jays kind of desperately needed bullpen arms. So Eric Swanson, who had a pretty good year in Seattle, um has a lot more time for the Blue Jays under control and for a lot less money. And dumping a contract like Teoscar does free the Jays up to hunt elsewhere and be able to spend more money elsewhere at a position that they aren't, that, that, that is probably the easiest for them to swap people in and out of. Um, it's not nearly as locked down of a position as their infield is, for example. Like, at first base... It's going to be Vladdy. You're not really going to move him around. Same with third. You just got Chapman. You're not going to move him around. Boba Shett is going to play short. You aren't going to move him around. You have that kind of flexibility in the outfield. It feels bad to have to trade away a silver slugger and an all-star and a really good player in Teoscar Hernandez, but that is the position that you have flexibility in. And we never know the advanced metrics they're looking at. They may be looking at something where they're like nervous about Teoscar's future. And this clearly tells us that they weren't really interested in extending him. So there's oh, a lot of stuff I, going I, on. I don't think it's as much as that they aren't interested in extending him as much as like that is the extension you can live without the most. Well, and they're, it's more of they're not interested in spending that money sure. on him. Sure, sure, sure. Like a player of his profile, they they just the money's better allocated somewhere else. Yep. Which yes, is fair. It is, a, it is a profile that a lot of teams tend to shy away from when they start to get older, where a lot of that OBP is coming from the slug, um, you know, kind of a average at best defender. Uh, Eric Swanson, on the other hand, a solid year in 21 and a fantastic year in 22 with a 168 ERA, uh, sub one whip. 11 holds or how many holds is it again i don't know oh wait. 14 holds three saves i mean just kind of doing it all being a little bit more of a not a, a specialist and his 57 appearances only 53 and two-thirds innings pitch so kind of coming in for you know less than an inning uh, several times but just a really good year for swanson and then some other young guys that i'm sure the jays are excited about but yeah i think not wanting to extend uh, to Oscar. Um, I've heard uh, that sort of profile be compared to uh, Chris with a K Davis kind of that, you know, really awesome seasons, uh, good slugging. And then but when it goes, it kind of goes. I don't know if that's necessarily true for Teoscar Hernandez. And I think he's going to a good place because that sounds a lot like Eugenio Suarez, who we thought was kind of gone. And then he had a really resurgent year in Seattle. So, yeah. Yeah, I do think this is exciting for both sides. Um, uh, and yeah, one thing, I hope it works out for both sides, too. The one thing I will say is I think Suarez is a bit of a better comparison than the Chris with a K Davis. Because Chris Davis, we never really saw have that high batting average year. And Teoscar Hernandez definitely has had some, yes. like, he had a 289 year, 296 and 21. 
even last year, 267, like we weren't seeing Chris Davis put up many 267 seasons. I think he yeah, was we saw in the three, 240s. Yeah, we saw three 247s in a row. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, so, yeah. basically, like the thing with Teo is I think if you're if you're looking at it from the Jays perspective, you look at his last two seasons and he had a dip this last year from from 2021 and so i think if you're the jays you look at it you go okay so if we keep him next year and he dips and he dips further so he keeps on regressing then that's not good he stops being a a very valuable you know player because as you say like he's not it's not like he's a remarkable defender either he's he's okay um you know but he's not you know he's not like a stellar stellar outfielder um so if he dips again offensively that's not good he might not carry the weight and then so now you're out that roster position that you could have used for something better and on the opposite end like if he improves and he does he does back to like his 2021 numbers that's really good and that's nice but now he has to now you have to pay him a lot more if you want to keep him um and i guess the jays just wanted to make that move now rather than next year yeah i don't know i think from one thing that I learned too, and having this trade happen and then listening to various, you know, people talk about it, I guess I regard Teoscar Hernandez very highly compared to other people. I, I yeah, mean, a lot of legit. I think a lot of people, well, I think this also comes down to people don't watch the Jays. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if you well, watch Teo every day, um, you'd realize he's a, He's a pretty valuable bat in any lineup. Um, he's definitely uh, maybe not on that top list of names that most of most people will know about the Jays lineups, but he's certainly no slouch. Yeah. Yeah, it's also very easy to get overlooked in a lineup that has Vladdy Jr., that has Bichette and like all those names, right? So... Right. I mean, or, you know, reason why. Yeah. I mean, even just sharing, he shares the outfield with George Springer. Like, (laughs) you know, you're you're, going to get lost a little bit. Well, uh, let's move on to some qualifying offers that were accepted. We saw both Martin Perez and Jock Peterson accept the one year qualifying offer, although their players offered one. Huge, (laughs) huge for both of our teams. (laughs) Yep. Um, And we saw the other one. The other qualifying offers not be accepted. I think the Martin Perez one specifically makes a ton of sense. So much uh, sense. Yeah, he's a guy who's like he's had a long career, right? He's never really had a season necessarily like last year, where he was just flat out dominant last year. Ended up with a two point eight ERA. Before that, his closest season long ERA was a three point six two that he posted in twenty thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> so it had been a while since he had seen like success. Uh, he was never going to get like that long-term big money type of contract. So I think a one-year high money just kind of makes sense for him, makes sense for the Rangers. They need pitching. And guess what? He posts another season like this. He's going into next offseason, probably looking at a three, four-year contract with some decent money. So shout out Martin Perez. You guys have any thoughts on the Martin Perez one? Uh, Love me some Martin Perez. Uh, Just absolute character. Um, but yeah, it's interesting uh, kind of hearing some people break it down. And it's like when you look at all the numbers and you try and take a deep dive and be like, okay, what was different? It's like, I don't know, luck? Because it's like, it's not like the pitch mix <laughs> changed. It's not like there was any increase in spin rate. Um, you know, one of the big things was a decrease in his home run rates. 
So part of that could be pitching in, you know, the new Rangers ballpark, which is a bit more pitcher friendly, but also just, I don't know. I mean, but he was fun to watch all year. I hope he, you know, has another great year. Cause I think he's a, you know, a type of pitcher that uh, is fun to have in baseball. And we're kind of going away from that left-handed crafty change up sinker guy with a cutter as well. Just, you know, keeping it off the barrel, getting a lot of ground balls. It's fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And then the other contract qualifying offer was Jock Peterson to the San Francisco Giants. This one definitely received a lot more like question marks than the Martin Perez one. I mean, one year, 19 million after Jock Peterson's coming off a one year, $7 million contract where it seemed like not many people wanted him last year. It does seem like a bit of an overpay, but he had a really good year in San Francisco. The Giants were probably going to lose him because it looked like he was going to sign like a three year contract for some decent money. And from what I've read about it, it seemed like this was more about the Giants wanting him and willing to spend extra to keep him than it was about him necessarily being worth it. Like, I'm, they just wanted to keep him around. I'm all about this Giants being big spenders arc. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, love the Giants it. have the money. Like, Giants have always had the money. Like, even in those years where they weren't necessarily considered biggest spenders, they had a multiple years where they were top five in money spent. Like, it was just they were re-signing all their like hometown guys. They weren't really going out and getting anybody. But I mean, I'm pumped for this offseason. What do you guys think about the Jock Peterson? Because I'm definitely more swayed. I love him. I think it was good. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good for both sides. I think it's also a statement from the Giants as well. You know, going into free agency, being like, look at how we take care of our guys. You know, we're going to, if we like them, we're going to go out. We're going to take care of you. We're going to pay for you. So might as well come sign some big old deal here because we're trying to, you know, cultivate something, reward those for performing well, and of course, win some championships. So, I think it's a bit of everything, a bit of we that's our guy. Uh, we want him back, maybe not on a multi-year deal, but we'll pay a lot for one year and try and, you know, persuade some free agents uh, with that loyalty. Yeah, man, the Giants have a very interesting offseason ahead of them. I think their ultimate goal is for Jock Peterson to play less innings in the outfield this year. I think in a perfect world, he DHs. Last year, they had a DH Tommy LaStella a lot, and he is not an ideal DH. Tommy LaStella was bad at the plate, bad in the field, just kind of bad in general last year. But they're on the he's on the books for like, I want to say eight or nine million. So they're definitely going to be hoping he can play some field this year and let Jock DH some more. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see what. Oh, go for it. No, I was just going to say, it sounds like a plan. Uh, LaStella. <laughs> not being your everyday dh <laughs> yeah honestly i think i think if listella cannot play the field this year i think there's a solid chance the the almost at the warriors the giants just cut him and eat the money because oh, yeah. last and year it's harder to cut him because you had this year on the books this year there's no future contracts so i think there's a very solid chance if he's not healthy enough to play the field he is gone same uh and then we had a couple big free agent signings. The first one, which I guess kind of kicked off our free agency, was Tyler Anderson going to the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I hate that name every time I say it. <laughs> the Anaheim Angels. Yep. <laughs> For a three-year, $39 million deal, just driving across town out in Los Angeles. What do you guys think about it? I like it. Yeah. I mean... 
And it's like I also liked Cindergard last year, and then that was what it was, you know. So yeah, you're not I, getting excited yet. I well, yeah. I mean, I, that's I think it's hard to get excited about anything that the Angels do. You know, and it's like yeah. Even though I like it, it's like in the back of my mind, I know they'll screw it up. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I I'm done being excited about the Angels <laughs> until they like <laughs> until they prove and. Like, it's not even like half a season can get me to turn on it. I need to see a full season from the Angels before I believe in them. Because we saw we the half a season this year. No, we saw a month and we got so yeah. excited. No, we did. We did see a month and boy, were we pumped. And, you know, I just realized the Angels actually made another move, too, that we forgot to put on here. They also acquired infielder Gio Urshela from the Twins. Mm. Oh, I didn't uh, realize that. Yeah, so that'll be very interesting. I mean, Rendon's kind of their third baseman, but I think he has that broken hand that'll keep him out part of early next year. Think so? Right. Yeah, I don't know. And then maybe Geo's the plan at second or first. I don't know. It'll be interesting how they mix it around, but that's also another interesting addition for the Angels. But even with this Tyler Anderson, they cannot look at that as like, oh, we've solved our starting pitching issues. (laughs) They need another pitcher. I mean, okay, great. You have Otani. You have Anderson. What else are we doing out there? <laughs> yeah. Well, we got. Um. Oh, what's the guy at the good changeup? The um, Sandoval, Patrick Sandoval. Oh, right? Patrick Sandoval. Okay, cool. We. I yeah. still want one more. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Oh yeah. No doubt. <laughs> um. But um. This move inspired me. I was like, oh yeah, Tyler Anderson, just kind of a good slightly above average pitcher for a lot of his career or even average at times had a great year in 2022. So I was like, I'm going to go on baseball savant. I'm going to see what the big difference was. He, he must've changed his like pitch usage up. Can I say one thing? Yeah. (laughs) It started with the giants. Okay. It did. He started his turnaround with the giants. I want it to be known. Okay. Go on. Um, well, so let's, let's look into that. Um, but, um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh yeah. So, um, yeah, pitch usage hasn't really changed much at all. Um, if anything, he's using, uh, his change up a little bit more than his cutter, but it's kind of just a slight difference from the previous year. Um, and then, uh, I was like, okay, let's look at maybe his command. Walk rate decreased slightly, not drastically. Uh, he fell behind a little bit less. Uh, he had 167 plate appearances where the batter was ahead in 2022 compared to 180 and 21. So still not the most drastic difference, but definitely difference. Um, and then part of this could also be attributed to just location. Uh, though he's like walking similar rates of guys. He's on the edges more. I thought it was interesting in 2022 batters had a 884 OPS against him while the batters were ahead in the count compared to a 1086 and 21. So a huge OPS dip. Um, but yeah, and it's just like strike percentage, very similar strike looking percentage, similar. What's the big thing. And here's the biggest thing that I noticed with Tyler Anderson. Um, so just the percentage of shifts he received behind him against right-handed batters increasing greatly. So before 21, right-handed batters were shifted against Anderson less than 10% of the time. 
And then in 21, it was his career high before 22 at 13.2%. But then in 2022, that changed. The Dodgers shifted against right-handed batters with Anderson on the mound 52.5% of the time. So it's just like, maybe Anderson was just getting the defense that he needed behind him a lot more. And uh, that's why we see, you know, that lower ERA, that lower OPS when he's behind an account. And uh, that's like the biggest difference that I found is that he's just getting more shifts when the right-handed batters were up. And Um, I mean, the Dodgers as a team are one of the better defensive teams just beyond the shifts, right? So that has to be helping too. Yeah, a great defensive team. Um, So yeah, it's just, uh, it'll be interesting to see with the new shift rules, though I think that affects left-handed shifts more than right-handed shifts and just going to the angels um, where that, you know, percentage lies and see if that really affects his overall effectiveness. Cause he's a, you know, a contact guy. And if you could get the right type of contact into a shift and you could have a lot of great success, but yeah, I mean, hopeful for Tyler Anderson uh, to do his thing. Uh, had a four three seven ERA with uh, with the Giants in 20, 2020. He had a good year with the Giants. I will say, I really liked him that year. He was more curveball dominant. It was a fun year. He had like a couple blow up starts, which kind of skewed the ERA. But he, uh, overall, he had a good year that year. Uh, but yeah, shout out Tyler Anderson. I'm happy for him. So hopefully, a good situation. Uh, one thing I wanted to say about that Geo Urshela trade that I thought was interesting was. Apparently, when he was with the Twins, he was very close to Carlos Correa last year. And the big, like, does that affect him going back to Minnesota? I saw some people talking about that on Twitter. Does this potentially mean maybe the Angels are going to go after oh, Carlos Correa? But no There's shot. no way they have that money, right? They're spending, like, if they go after Carlos Correa, they're, in a sense, going for it this year because you're would, not going to be able to pay... Look, so you're not going to be able to pay Trout, it, Rendon, Correa, and Otani. So you're saying goodbye to Otani. I love that. I'm here for that, though. That sounds <laughs> so right. fire. I I'm honestly not here for that because no matter what the Angels have had, they've just not been able to do it. <laughs> so I don't want another superstar to just be wasted away. Uh, I'm here <laughs> for it for the memes. They can't be bad, though. I want <laughs> it for the memes. More superstars. Right. Super teams never fail. <laughs> I mean, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another thing I heard about Anderson is like, this is these are the kind of contracts you sign when you run your organization the way the Angels do. Not saying Anderson's not deserving, but it's like <laughs> it's the Angels don't they cheap out in other ways uh, in terms of you know scouting and coaching and you know minor league development. So then they don't have these guys developed on their own. So then they need to go out and get Tyler Anderson. You well, know, they- and the scary thing about this contract is like why I said Martin Perez was smart for accepting the qualifying offer. Like Tyler Anderson's had one good year. Him? I mean, he's had good years. Don't get me wrong. He's had one great year. Let's put it that way. He's had a good amount of good years. Like a four year is not bad. Hmm. But like that's a, like 39 million like off his best year i just i i get what you're saying though those are the type of offers you see teams like the angels make and sometimes they work out and sometimes they crash and burn badly so Mm -hmm. yeah it's rough 
Yeah. I mean, Angels didn't even pay their minor leaguers during the pandemic, stuff like that. They're just like, figure it out. Yikes. So it's that's like kind of the you know, they are they have the sort of face of being a team that spends money, but they cheap out in a lot of other areas and it and it definitely costs them. <laughs> definitely shows too. Yeah. I mean, there's a reason everyone doesn't believe in the Angels as an organization. Yeah, uh, they've not proven that they are worth believing in. <laughs> So moving on to the other big free agent signing we've had, Anthony Rizzo signs a three-year, $54 million to go back to the New York Yankees. I love this for the Yankees. I think Anthony Rizzo was so much more important to that team than most people realize. He was just like, he brought a lot of energy. He's plays a really good first base. I mean, he didn't have the best year last year with a 224 average, but still had an OPS of 817 hit 32 home runs, 21 doubles. Like that park plays really well, the Rizzo's bat. And I think we could see before Rizzo's done, like a big, big season. Like he could blow up one year. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. I mean, it really affects me now because (laughs) on the last episode, I was just like putting Anthony Rizzo everywhere. And I thought that's what I was going to do for a few weeks. I was just going to be like, Anthony Rizzo <laughs> could be on this team. He could be on this team. Now he's already on a team. I don't have anyone to do that. Rizzo with out here messing up our entire vibe. How <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dare me, you? I feel like this makes so much sense, though. Like, Rizzo oh, for sure. Back. Like, no, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, a really solid OPS year and then Banning the shift after he really yeah. retooled his oh, yeah. swing to fit Yankee Stadium, had his highest pull rates ever last year. And now you, mm-hmm. you know, you take out that second right fielder with that pull rate and you're going to, mm-hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. Now you don't even this need is... who needs fielders when the right field fence at Yankee Stadium is only 200 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> this was the worst batting average year of actually second worst batting average year of Anthony Rizzo's career. I think we see like a 260 year next year, honestly. And that's not even saying anything crazy. His career average is 265. Like, yeah, I, it's very manageable in my mind. I'm excited for Anthony Rizzo next year. This Yankee, the Yankees offseason is another interesting one. There's a lot, a couple teams that are very interesting because of that free agent named Aaron Judge. Uh, <laughs> and something else that makes that very interesting is. Cody Bellinger out with the Dodgers was non-tendered a contract. So he is now a free agent. <gasps> not shocking, <laughs> which is not shocking. And actually something that very much surprised me is if you look at a side-by-side of uh, Cody Bellinger and Mike Yastrzemski stats, Yastrzemski has been better over the last two years. And that blows my mind. Cause as a giants fan who had to watch, he has every day, like he's the big name, but he has not been good the last two years. Like no, well, he's yeah, been kind of a letdown. Well, yeah, Belly's, you Belly's been had to watch him for the last two yeah. years. <laughs> it's not a good well, like start. so during the COVID year, Yaz had his great season, right? Right. And then since then, it's just kind of been like, oh, you see flashes, but he's never really been able to put it together. But he's been pretty much consistently better than Bellinger at just about everything other than sprint speed. It is. It is wild <laughs> how Bellinger won an MVP and then just regressed to bat like immediately but the crazy part is he still might get a bag like he's still probably gonna get a bag probably he has so much potential he has a lot of power when he makes connect when he connects he plays a good center field he could play first he could play corner outfield so he's very flexible defensively 
But like, the reason this makes it very interesting is the Dodgers have cleared a hundred million dollars in salary over the last week. So all of a sudden they can kind of afford Aaron Judge. It is so stupid that the Dodgers have that much extra money with the roster they have. Yes. I hate that. <laughs> well, you have to remember Trey Turner. No, Trey gone. Turner is still, is still a free agent. It's not and, like, yeah, I mean, it's not like they, they have literally everybody from, yeah, from this last season. But I like, mean, you think of their crazy. roster, it's not like as stacked as it once was. Like, they still have some big names and like, they're still, don't get me wrong, they're still the best team in the NL West. But it's not the Dodgers roster, like, I guess we're used to in a sense. Yeah. Um, and another thing about Bellinger is even over that time where he's been not MV, MVB, um, <laughs> it, he's still been like clutch and like yeah. had some big hits in, you know, the 2020 World Series uh, and just big games. He still comes up and, you know, I, you see it there. He's debatably too clutch uh, when he hit that homer, then had the. Uh, whatever you want to call it, elbow bump, handshake, then popped his shoulder out <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what. Te- I'm the Marlins, dude. Yes, please. <laughs> oh my goodness. Why not? I I think Cody Bellinger needs to go somewhere where he can be loose. He cannot go to like a New York environment or anywhere. Yeah, that's no one goes have, to like, no one expectations. Yeah, Miami. Miami's a good place. He could just be out there, have fun, just play ball. Yeah. Be yeah, just have No one yeah, in the stands. Be, it's like 2020 yeah. all over again. You know somewhere else I'd like him to be just cuz I think it could be fun is Colorado. Oh, yeah, that would be awesome. Another... I mean, I hate that, but let him just play up in the thin air and just launch balls with his like long lanky frame. That'd be a lot of fun to watch. What about the old Baltimore Orioles? That'd be fun too, man. Yeah. Like he just needs to go somewhere where he can play loose and just play baseball. Right? And like maybe playing the outfield's part of his struggles. Cause like we saw all his best seasons for the most part come when he was playing first base. So maybe the like physical exertion he was using to play center field and right field or wherever he was playing, just like that and hitting was just too much for him, maybe. So there's a lot of interesting things that could happen this offseason. Yeah. pertaining to Cody Bellinger. True, true, true. A couple other re-signings. Uh, Yankees re-signed Isaiah Kiner-Falefa for a year. So confusing. Yeah, that was a weird one. Uh, one year, $6 million. It's not a blockbuster contract, but I, mean, I, I guess, sure. Good backup utility it, guy. Yeah, no. it's solid value. But like, if they're going to make him be their shortstop again, That's their good. everyday <laughs> shortstop, after what we saw Cabrera and Peraza do. right. It makes very little sense. He should. You know, I don't even hate it if they play him at third. Like, honestly, I think he could be better than Donaldson is now. But are they willing Maybe. to move on from Donaldson? That's a lot of money. No idea. Donaldson back to the Jays. No, I'm just kidding. Please don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then a, a re-signing that made a lot more sense. Uh, Braves re-signed Tyler Matzik a couple of years. Uh, three, uh, $3.1 million. He gets a third a third year club option as well. Um I like that one. Matzik is... I like Matzik. Yeah, fun guy, fun personality, fun uh, Twitter name. <laughs> <laughs> also, unbelievably clutch in that World Series run. 
Oh yeah. So good yeah, a yeah. good guy to have. Yeah, yeah I mean it's yeah, yeah, the neckback massic. <laughs> which like they don't even rhyme. <laughs> not not they are it's a slant rhyme for sure. Yeah. Well, it definitely came because of just how he pitched in that. Point. No one, just, no one else gave him that nickname. No, he, he gave, gave it. He himself. gave himself that name. <laughs> Which, <I> mean, <sighs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, if but yeah, nice to have a normal off season. Uh, obviously, not any crazy, uh, well, super crazy free agency stuff yet, but definitely nice, uh, nicer than last year so far. There's, there's a big domino yet to fall, and that's Aaron Judge. Once that one yep. falls, I think we're going to kind of see a flurry of moves. Yep. Because every team's interested in Judge are seeing, okay, are we spending money on Judge? Like, that's how you know how much money you have to spend otherwise. If right. You get Judge e- or not. Every team that was in on that conversation but did not get Judge suddenly finds themselves with a lot of money to spend. And they're looking oh. at the Correa, the Trey Turners, the Dansby Swansons, maybe. the Yep. Anyone else? Cody Bellinger, if you want to throw him up there. Ryan, quick question. We talked about this last week. I want to know what your opinion is. Which of the big name free agents are we going to look back on and say they held up their value uh, for their contract the best? Oh, that's an interesting question. Yes. So I think defensively, Dansby Swanson will look back and I think defensively he'll be fine. Yeah. Offensively, a bit more of a question mark, but I don't think he'll be the one that holds his value the most. Are we just talking about position players, or are you throwing pitchers in, too? Anybody. Anybody that's got a big name. I think it's a solid shot. It's Carlos Rendon. I don't know who that... I don't know why, who did I say, why did I say Rendon? 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 Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking Anthony Rendon earlier. Yep. Carlos Rendon. Um, I think it's a solid chance it's Carlos Rendon. I mean, we've been seeing him kind of struggle to always be healthy. He's had his healthy year. He's looking at that big contract. Good answer. I think we could look back and be like, yeah, of course he was like the most worth his money. Is Was that the question? Most worth their money or like? Yeah, yeah basically. Who? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's for the bank, the bank for the buck, I think it'll be Carlos Rodon. Yeah. Uh, of the offensive hitters, like offensive position players, I'm looking at. Um. Like, I want to say Trey Turner, but that's an interesting one because, like, if his speed regresses, like, how does that change him as a player? Mm-hmm. Can he morph into, like, a hitter only and not rely on his speed? I think so, but does it happen? Who knows? I mean, in all likelihood, I, out of everyone, I'm going to say it's Carlos Correa, though. Ooh, okay. Because okay. I think Correa can kind of make the transition from shortstop to third, like we've seen a lot of other shortstops do later in their career. I could we could see him bulk up and become more of a power oriented hitter. And like, I just I think Correa still has like a lot more in his future. Fun, fun. Love it. Love it. Let's see them both on the Giants next year. Why not? <laughs> if the Giants get Correa, like low key, I love that. Damn. Like, if any, if they sign any shortstop, he's the one I want. Okay. Even though I'm not mad if they sign Trey Turner. All right. Well, I'd be which, curious. Honestly, here's my hot take. If the Giants land Aaron Judge, they will sign Trey Turner or Carlos Correa. Ooh. Okay. okay. That's my hot take. All right. All right. Um, I'm Let's here for it. Let's see it happen. Let's see it happen. Well, if that did happen, I'd certainly give the Giants an award. 
<laughs> All right. Well, We're spending the most money. <laughs> yeah, I know. Speaking of awards, though. Whoa. Hey, wow, wow. Wow, wow, we wow. We have finished up uh, all of the awards have been announced for the 2022 season. Um, do we want to start with the less important ones? Yes. Wow. Gold glove. What a joke of an award. <laughs> okay, here, here's my problem with gold glove. I just want to say it. Yep. Why is it the same guys every year? Why are we not using defensive metrics to decide these awards? Gold. You know what? Because gold glove is a, it's an award about feeling. Dude, it's so frustrating to <laughs> just see literally the same guys every single year. Yeah. Not to say they don't all deserve it. Some of them do. Yeah. Most know. of them do, probably. But, like, why is this not a metric-oriented award? I I mean, I think it's a silly award anyway. Um, like, well, uh, okay, <clears throat> so when you talk about the MVP, the Cy Youngs, Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, all sure. those awards... I totally understand why it's a vote-based award because there is some sort of feel in that kind of stuff, right? There's more to being the MVP than just necessarily being the best player. It's the most valuable player, not the best player, right? Yeah, no, and, we we learned that. Well, we we have uh, a, we we'll learned have a that it's a feeling award. We'll have a, <laughs> we'll have a discussion about that later. Um, but for a award like the Golden Glove, an award like the Silver Slugger. Those awards should be purely based on the metrics. Because it is the best defenders and the best hitters. Yeah. And I'm just frustrated with those awards. Well, defensive metrics are a little less. Yes. They're black and white than yeah, yeah, yeah. offensive I'll, I'll metrics. Give you that. But they're still better than what we get, in my sure. opinion. Anyway, yes. I, I am going to blitz through the gold gloves and silver sluggers. Um, AL Gold Gloves Trevino, Jose Trevino of the Yankees was your catcher gold glove. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. at first base, Andres Jimenez at second, Ramon Urias at third, Jeremy Pena at short, Qu uh, Stephen Kwan, Miles Straw, Kyle Tucker were your outfield gold gloves, Shane Bieber. Have any of those won a gold glove? I must glove say, before? that's don't a lot think of so. new ones. Those are a lot of I new ones. I don't think any of those guys have won a gold glove before. AL was I a lot of my, new ones. I think my gripe is probably more with the nominations than the yes, award. yeah, the nominations were pretty bad. Um, and then I don't even know what UT is. What does that even stand for? Utility. 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 DJ Lemayhu. Okay, cool. Whatever. Yankees. Was also, Lemayhu a utility player? Not really. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking up his position. I don't know, man. Anyway, NL <laughs> NL Gold Gloves uh, at catcher JT Romuto. Uh, Christian Walker at first, Brendan Rogers at second, Nolan Arenado at third, Dansby Swanson at short, Ian Happ, Trent Grisham, Mookie Betts are your outfielders, Max Freed at pitcher, Brendan Donovan, your utility. Uh, yeah, I mean, oh, you whatever. Know what? you know, I retract my DJ LeMayu statement. He played 30 games at first, 40 games at second, and 45 at third. That's pretty that's utility. Pretty, that's pretty utility. All right. So I take it back. All right. Acceptable then. spaced, right? Yeah. What's up? We're going to save space, right? Yeah, yeah. No. I have no idea who Brendan Donovan is. <laughs> uh, he's no, on the Cardinals. You guess. Oh, oh. I was going to make him guess what oh, team, you're gonna guess the team he was on. <laughs> no, I, yeah, okay. I mean, I, I'm looking at the thing in front of me. Oh, I saw yeah, he's yeah. on the Cardinals. I'm looking at his face. I have never seen this man before. <laughs> but, like, I... I don't hate that for a golden glove because like I feel like no, I don't. I'm just be. saying I'm yeah. like, that's crazy to me that someone won a gold glove and I don't and know who, who they are. 
on a weekly basis any yeah. any no names on silver sluggers that you guys can see <laughs> oh, i don't even have them in front of me uh well I'll, re I'll read through them your al silver sluggers alejandro kirk at catcher nathaniel Lowe at first jose altuve at second jose ramirez at third xander bogarts at short judge julio rodriguez mike trout are your outfielders jordan alvarez your dh luis arias as your utility silver slugger is there a really we why do we have a utility we have a utility uh, that's dumb anyway i don't think that's has that is this the first year that that's ever happened yeah, I, one. that's kind of stupid uh anyway uh nl silver sluggers jt romuto at catcher goldschmidt at first jeff mcneil at second nolan arenado at third trey turner at short mookie betts kyle schwarber juan soto your outfielders josh bell your dh brandon drury the utility silver slugger that might be my new my, favorite stupid award. My biggest takeaway is I missed the pitcher silver slugger awards. That's the biggest negative. Yeah. Of having a DH is we no longer get to see a random pitcher win a silver slugger every year. A darn shame. <laughs> yeah. And it usually, well, eh, yeah, I guess it was kind of, it was sort of random, but <laughs> the fact Madison Bumgarner has multiple silver sluggers. is just love hilarious. It. <laughs> love it. But he deserved it. Dude. Right. No, for sure. He raked. It's um, just hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't have any real thoughts about Silver Slugger or Gold Glove. It's it, they are kind of they're they're neat. They're neat, but they're not really important. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, good uh, for them. What do you guys want to talk like about next? Utility. Oh, I like the utility Silver Slugger. That's such a stupid award. It was Brock Holt. It, sh it should have been in here. He could have That's had so eighteen Silver Sluggers. Brock Holt could have had. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, uh, manager of the year for your NL Buck Showalter. I think that's probably fair. AL Terry Francona. I think also pretty fair. I don't know. Yeah, because... the AL. I think the biggest argument in AL is there's two that stick out to me. Uh, one is um 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 I'm blanking his name. Give yeah, me it's, one second. It's really to... sticking out for him. Um um um. Wait one second now. One second. Any second. Brandon Hyde would not have known that's the Orioles manager, but a uh, shout out the Baltimore Orioles. He definitely deserved it. That's and then fair. Boone from the Yankees. Nah, nah. I think, dude, Boone with how many final. games they won, I think they, well, they fell apart in the second half, so maybe not, but. Yeah. Definitely Hyde from the Orioles, though, I think is worthy of being in the conversation because we thought they were going to be poo poo. Fair. Yeah. Anyway, I, I have no strong feelings about Manager of the Year. It's also kind of a yes. mess award. Yeah, it's just like who defied expectations the most. Pretty much. Yeah. Rookie of the Year. AL. I think we all figured this would happen. <laughs> Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah that, that yeah. one that makes a lot of sense. NL, though. Michael Harris. I mean... I, when we were talking about it, we definitely brought him up. Like, oh, for hey, sure. Like, we can't forget about this guy. Like, he's... Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, super good player. Really, really good. Deserving. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I think NL was the one that we were the most like, oh, it could be a couple different people. I think AL we figured was well, going to be Jero. Even AL, though, like, we were talking about... Uh, oh, I'm just blanking on everyone's name. The catcher from you Baltimore. You can't remember anyone on the Orioles' name. <laughs> yeah, the Orioles are just a forgettable organization to me. But Adley Rushman, Yeah, I mean, we were kind of talking, like, he definitely deserves some, like, props because, like, he yeah, turned absolutely. their team around. Like, their season turned around when he showed up. Yeah, no, it, it definitely did. 
but yeah i um heard some interesting arguments in regards to the harris versus strider thing mm -hmm. um one of them being uh well first off that strider's season was just like legendary it was yeah. just like we never rookie with those strikeout numbers before doing that thing and then it's like well harris obviously a great rookie of the year caliber season all that stuff um you know he has more value because he's doing it day in and day out um so then i heard this argument michael harris had 421 plate appearances right okay and he's also doing stuff defensively you know as well sure. helping out uh spencer strider uh faced 528 batters so it's like you know in terms of at like you know plate appearances that they're responsible that they are for. that they were a part of yeah yeah impacting it's like well is there as big of a difference as we say there is with that whole position player to pitcher yeah impact it's just something interesting that yeah, I mean, I, I don't necessarily know if I agree with it or not, but I was like, huh, I, I mean, I thought about that. Before. I know when we talked about it, I think I, I said I would have I would have casted my vote for Strider just because he was that unbelievably dominant. But, you know, it's. Uh, not up to me, it turns out. <laughs> Shocking. But uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I think Michael Harris more than deserving great season. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, they signed him to the contract extension mid season. So yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but now we've... to the easiest ones. These. Yeah, these were the two easiest awards to give out. <laughs> and the voters agreed. Oh, yeah, they did. Cy Young, A.L. Cy Young, Justin Verlander wins it unanimously. No one's. To no one's real surprise. Remember when we thought him getting hurt might have actually kind of affect it? Yeah, and then he immediately came back and was just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> I'm good still. Um, and uh, NL Cy Young, Sandy Alcantara. Unanimous. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, those were probably the absolutely the easiest awards. <laughs> like... Oh, for sure. Would have been no would have been pretty insulting for it to be anyone else. Yeah, even yeah. Max Fried, uh, mid season, who ended up finishing second in the Cy Young, just in an interview said, uh, "Sandy's the best pitcher in the NL." Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. unreal. I'll see that. I mean, we were we were bringing Sandy up weekly because <laughs> he was just unreal every week. Oh yeah. Uh, MVP. Yep, let's go for it. This is going to be interesting. NL MVP, <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, also worth noting, both these MVPs also won the Hank Aaron, uh, which is kind of a whatever award which anyway. Hank Aaron, garbage award, get rid of it. Pointless. Uh, well, no. I, I, I hate it. Be more I hate uh, no. that it's always the same. No, it's not always the same. It's not always the same, and I think that that's an important thing. Anyway, uh, I mean, it should the Hank Aaron Award should be the Cy Young's proper like comparative counterpart right it's just it doesn't get the the respect that it does anyway paul goldschmidt just nl mvp I, I don't think anyone here is going to disagree with that i think that's there, pretty there was nobody that like pretty fair too stuck out individually in the national league and paul yep. goldschmidt of the group was definitely the best yeah i mean the only one that was competing with him for a long time was machado but machado did not close the season quite as well and arenado, and arenado. arenado was there for a bit too. that's true arenado was up there um 
And then the AL MVP. I told you guys. No, I knew it would happen. Oh, I knew it was going to be this way. I'm still mad. I don't hate it. It's Aaron Judge. Um, yes. I and I and I think I've I've said this a lot. Whoever wins, it's going to be a robbery of the other side. It doesn't really matter. They both should. They really. It should be a joint MVP, if anything, because it's absurd. Um, I, however, of the two, I do not think Aaron Judge should have won it. Um. He got 28 of the 30 first place votes. The other two went to Shohei Otani, who should have won. Um, but yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to happen. It, uh, you knew it. it. You knew it was going to happen. You knew Aaron Judge was going to win it. Um, and had an amazing season. So, so yeah. to me, the reason, part of the reason why I think it's more than okay that Aaron Judge won this is like when we talk about most valuable players. Sure. If you look at the second half stats of Aaron Judge versus the second half stats of the rest of the Yankees team, I'm trying to find it now, but it's oh, like he dragged their talk. lifeless corpse to the playoffs. <laughs> like, yes. He really Literally, did. <laughs> with, without the Yankee without Aaron Judge on the Yankees, I agree. they do not get the bye. They do not like the Yankees badly needed Aaron Judge to do anything this season. And it always goes back to like, it's incredibly hard to win the MVP award on a losing team. For sure. And, but I because also, how, how do you argue how valuable someone is when right. the team's not winning? No, for sure. But I also think that that shouldn't, I don't think that being a phenomenal player on a winning team should have any stake positively as much as it seems that being an amazing player on a losing team has stake negatively if that makes sense i feel like i personally kind of disagree in that i i feel like yeah just being on a winning team and being good skews things positively which i think is good i think it should skew things positively i just think that being a really good player on a bad team skews things really disproportionately negatively yeah, no, I yeah, I get what you're saying. It just and that's part of it just being a fan voted or not fan voted, but so like writer being voted. voted on writer voted. Yeah, is it's just like, I don't know. It is what it is. Like Otani had a very impressive season, but that team was horrible. And sure. Otani didn't necessarily do anything as an individual to like drag them there. Granted, there's not much he could have done. A lot, like, yeah, he pretty much did everything. A little more, a little more weight like, to drag. <laughs> yeah. But and but Aaron Judge did drag the Yankees. And sure. I would have been if Aaron if that second half didn't happen where Aaron Judge had to drag the Yankees across the finish line, I would have been a little more like, hey, why did the Angels not I mean, why did Otani not win this, right? But because of that second half effort, I personally am more okay than okay with these results. Yeah. I'm where do not. you sit on it, Noah? Here's the problem that I have with it. I think me and Adam are kind of on opposite ends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also think Otani should have won MVP, and but I'm not bothered with Judge winning it. But the argument that bothers me the most is that it's like, well, the thing is, Judge's season was historic, and it was yeah, legendary, no. and we haven't <clears throat> seen anything like it, um, you know, in years and especially you know in yeah. the modern day where you know there's a bunch of bullpen pitchers coming in which is mm -hmm. all true yes it is 
was an incredible offensive season that especially considering, you know, OPS plus numbers and how great pitchers are and how many different pitchers you're seeing. It was historic, legendary, legitimately up there with the Bonds years. Yeah. But the only reason that Shohei Otani's season this year is not historic, legendary, first time ever is because he literally did it last year. Yep. Like, <laughs> yeah. So we're so we're punishing Otani because he did the same. He repeated what he did last year, and which had yeah, yeah. made even better as yep. well. And it's like I just think that if this was the first year that Otani did all of this, he would be MVP. He would have won it. Oh, and for sure. I think it was total. It's voter fatigue already, which is absurd. Um, uh, I did mention Judge won it twenty eight uh, of the first place votes. Two of those first place votes went to Otani. Take a wild guess where those writers are from. Uh, yeah, it's LA, the it's LA. the it's the two LA writers because those are the people that watch Otani play. Guess what? Yeah. Everyone else and, watches the East Coast. Yeah. They don't watch California yeah. baseball every single day. Okay, I- you can't say everybody else because there's other California writers I voted nope. for Judge for sure, and there are. But, but it is it is one of those things where it's like, who are the two writers that are the closest that are? I can guarantee you watched Otani the most. It's those guys, and they're the ones who saw yeah, that. No, for sure. But I I I want to. I think that. I, I just think that even looking at certain stat lines or certain other things, I think just like the more that I've picked apart at it, the more I have convinced that I think Otani really should have won it again. Um, and not to discount Judge's season. I've got a whole ton of stats in front of me that I, I pulled up. Judge was the best just hitter for this year, hands down. Absolutely. Hands down the best hitter this year. OPS, he finished, you know, 1.111. He was top of the league. Um, average 3.11. Phenomenal. As a power almost hitter, won the triple crown. Yeah, yeah, almost won a triple crown. Total bases was first in the league. Total hits, he was eighth in the league. Um, some stat cast stuff, average exit velo, hard hit percentage, X Woba, X slugging, barrel percentage, all of them number one. Playing center field for a bit of it, too. Yeah, like really good center field, right? Field. Yeah. I was really talking about how, like, unbelievable maybe Bellinger's season. struggles came from playing a defensive center field. Right. Judge was doing this while playing a defensive for sure. center field, for sure. Um, and right but, field a lot. But for but for the sake of comparison, um, you know, because obviously this is the guy who he was up against. Um, Otani finished tenth in the league at OPS. He finished with a two seventy three average. He finished eleventh in the league in total bases. Um, he finished only seventeen hits behind Judge. He finished average exit velo ninety seventh percentile, six ninety uh, third percentile hard hit, ninety eighth x woba, ninety ninth x slugging, ninety eighth in barrel percent. Otani had a phenomenal hitting year. Um, and, you know, obviously, judge better. I'm, I'm never going to argue against that. That's, that would be stupid. Um, but Otani also put together a really, really good hitting year. Um, but what Otani does on the mound is so phenomenally ahead of literally anything judge could do in the field. And that's where... I'm so annoyed that that people think that the gap in their hitting stats is greater than the gap in their value on Judge in the field and, and Otani on the mound. Um, I'm gonna here's a, a pitching stat line: 2.43 ERA, 170 ERA plus, 167 innings pitched, 0.94 WHIP, 12.6 strikeout per nine, a 201 batting average against. 
Oh, I'm sorry, that's not Otani's stat line. That's Corbin Burns' Cy Young stat line. Otani had a better ERA than that, a better ERA plus, one inning difference in innings pitched, barely worse whip at 1.01, and a .002 difference in batting average against. Otani finished second in the league behind Rodon for strikeouts per nine. Otani had a Cy Young caliber season on the mound and was a top 10 hitter and did not win an MVP. The guy that he beat last year to do it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And last year, Vladdy had a phenomenal hitting season. Everybody was like, this would have been an MVP season had it not been for Otani. Guerrero finished that year 311 average, same as Judge, finished an OPS north of 1,000, same as Judge. The, really, the only difference that Guerrero had last year versus Judge this year was home runs. Body hit 48, Judge hit 62. Like, statistically, that's the only real difference between Guerrero's season last year and Judge's season this year, as well as like a couple other, like, um, whether, you know, topping stat cast numbers and, and a couple other, like, stats that are uh, I, I would argue less important um and that was a year where we were like oh it's an absolute it's just Shohei, 100 percent, not even a question judge was not that historically much better <laughs> than that season and otani was better than he was last year and didn't win I, and it's it's just I, baffling to me so to i guess my only counter argument to this right sure is if you're asking me the best player otani was the best player in baseball this year right yep And it goes back, I guess I kind of already made this argument of that, just like the way an individual, I guess, defines the word value and how you look at it. Sure. But like the Yankees without Aaron Judge barely get in the playoffs. Sure. And instead they're like, they win the division and they get the bye, right? Yeah. So it just, to me, like if I had a vote, to me, it comes down to that key point. We're not voting on the best player. Rather, we're voting on who had the most value contributed to their team. And yep. it's just hard to contribute value to a losing team. It just is what it is. Sure. And 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 I know one of the things that uh, the argument sort of similar to that vein that gets brought up a lot is uh, the war numbers, right? Wins above replacement. Yeah. Um, where Judge technically had more war than Otani. Raiders just won the game in overtime. Let's go. Wow. Who cares? Okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people point to war stats, right? Um, but the here's the like, biggest problem using a stat like war um, in regards to Otani, which is war is wins above replacement. There's no, re- there's no such thing as a replacement two-way player. The, the baseline that creates a stat like war literally doesn't exist for Otani. He is he he's not beholden to your to your rules. <laughs> he can't be measured by that stat. It's not it, it does it's not real. It's 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 like comparing, you know, players of, you know, entirely disparate positions um and treating one as better than the other by a stat that the other literally can't get. Um, you know, it's like I don't know. It's like in football saying that a quarterback should win an award over a lineman because he has a better QBR. It's like, okay, but that doesn't apply to this player. Um, I just, I just think that Otani breaks, uh, he breaks the statistical analysis stuff. He is obviously on a losing team and that doesn't 
help his numbers either. And the fact that he can be as good as he is statistically on a losing team, I, I just, I don't know. I think a lot of people see it as as sort of a negative that he does it on a losing team. I, I see it as that much more of a positive. I, I, I just think he accounts for, he's so much better. Yeah, I mean, he had an incredible season. Uh, are you guys ready to get into our Christmas wish list. My Christmas wish list is that Otani wins MVP. <laughs> okay. What I got you, to. I have to. Well, right after I say this, I'm going to grab a charger really quick. But I want Michael Conforto to the Minnesota Twins. Dude, uh, I forgot Michael Conforto's a free agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just looking at the Twins lineup that. Outfield seems weak. Kepler just hasn't really got going. And then you got Trevor Larnick. I think the Twins, you know, probably losing Korea. They need to make a statement that we're still going to do something. They're getting Kenta Maeda back. They, you know, got Joe Ryan slinging the thing. Uh, Sonny Gray. So, yeah, if you get a nice OBP guy in there, um, you know, hopefully Buxton has some more health. Um but yeah, that's who I want to see. I want to see Michael Conforto to the Twins. Now mm. I'll be happy. So for my Christmas wish list, I initially was going to put Aaron Judge to the Giants. But of course. then I thought, how predictable. <laughs> Let me mix it up. So instead, my Christmas wish list is, I hope the Cleveland Guardians sign someone of significance. Yeah, I mean that 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 could have been that could have been on my list last year. I think I I was so angry at the Guardians for not signing anybody big last year. But like even more than last year, right? Yeah. Last year going into the year, we didn't think they were going to be good, right? Right. Most people didn't think they were going to be good. Now we've seen what that young core can do, and it's time to supplement the young core. And like I'm not asking for you to spend thirty mil on a player. Yeah, maybe that's not doable for that type of franchise. Whatever, I get it. Sign someone in like the fifteen million dollar range. Just find somebody, right? Anybody. What did you say? The ground to the Orioles? Is that what you said? <laughs> I said the Guardians need to get someone of significance. Okay. Yeah. I don't even have a Santa's like. Person. Well, I don't know. <laughs> and he's like, uh, who's that? Who? <laughs> Just Santa like puts Barack Obama in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> He was yeah. the first black president. I don't know if you want. It's pretty significant. Oh <laughs> that's yeah, funny. But that that's my Christmas wish list. The Guardians do something. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Well, uh, you don't have anything else? For I'm you? I'm going to oh. piggyback and say I want the Royals to do something because that's the other bad oh. team that needs to do literally anything. Hey, whoa! Did you just call the Guardians bad? I'm heated. Wow. Look at us, an AL Central <laughs> wish list. Yeah. Look, oh, yeah. No I just want the AL Central to not be a meme of a division for 80% of the year again. Go oh, guard. 80% is generous. That is generous. They were they were a joke of a division for like 90% of the year. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, you guys got anything else for this week? Um, Tony should have won MVP. Okay. And with that, we'll see you next week. Later. Goodbye.